thought that really we began on Wednesday night, and we spoke about it again this morning. We're going to look at it again tonight in Psalm 95, and we're looking at the subject matter, a thankful man is a thankful man. A thankful man is a thankful man. And we began Wednesday night in Psalm 116 in verse number 12. The Bible says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? What shall I render? What shall I give in return? The one who I owe everything to, what shall I render unto Him for all of the benefits uh, that He has shown toward me? And so tonight in Psalm 95... I'd like to submit three actions, if I could use that word, that we should render to the Lord because of all of His benefits. When I am a thankful man, I'm going to be a thankful man. And because of that, there are some things that I should render, that I should give to the Lord. And in Psalm 95, I want to see three of those tonight. Uh, three actions, thing, three things that we have to put action to and effort to. And so let's read here tonight in Psalm 95. Before we do that, just real quickly, and I've given you these before in uh, days gone by, but I want to give us real quickly, I want to give us three enemies of thankfulness before we get into the message tonight and before we even read Psalm 95. And by the way, all three of these can really be summed up in one, and they are enemies of thankfulness because all three of these turn, our, turn the focus on self. And when the, the focus is turned upon self, we're not going to be a thankful people, are we? When, when the, the focus is turned off of the one who deserves all thanks and praise, and it's turned upon me, the person who doesn't deserve any thanks or praise, then we're not going to praise God. We're not going to be a thankful individual. First of all, it's comparison. The first enemy of thankfulness is comparison. When we begin to look around at what other people have and say, you know what, why don't I have that? God has blessed them in that way. Why don't I, why don't I have that? Here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. That's the first enemy of thankfulness is comparison. God doesn't... Now the Bible does say that it rains on the just and the unjust, doesn't it? Okay? But, but I don't have everything that you may have. And God may not bless me in certain ways that He blesses you. Okay? That's why we cannot begin to compare because when we do we have taken we have taken our eyes off of the one who deserves all praise and we've put it on ourselves and we many times we can begin to have a pity party because here's the truth there is always somebody who's going to have more than you even though you may have a lot there's always somebody who's going to have more comparison number 2 expectation expectation does God expect things from us? Absolutely. But sometimes our expectations, again, this goes kind of along with comparison, but our expectations, and sometimes our expectations are based on the flesh, and that's wrong. Expectation. And then thirdly, discontentment. We've mentioned this before, but uh, 
what is the state that more people than anybody live in? It's the state of discontentment. Many people, you ask that question, oh, more people live in Texas. Texas is the biggest state. No, the state of discontentment. Most people live, especially in America, live in the state of discontentment. They're not content with anything. Listen to what the Bible says. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. Now, by the way, when I say discontentment, I'm not talking about uh, getting in a state of a lack of initiative. We, we can say, well, I'm just going to be content with what I have. Uh, well, well, don't let that lead you to laziness, Right? Don't let that lead you not to have any initiative. I don't, believe that's, I don't believe that's biblical either. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 8, But godliness with what? With contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. And so let us guard against these enemies of thankfulness, these enemies of gratefulness, and help us to be thankful individuals and always keep our thoughts upon the one who deserves it, right? Not upon self, not, not upon others comparing ourselves. No, 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 upon the one who deserves it so that the enemy of gratefulness won't be able to creep in. Psalm 95, let's read. The Bible says, O come... Let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His and He made it in His hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways." unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. And so tonight in these 11 verses, I want to give us three actions that we should render to God Almighty based upon what He has given to us, His benefits. And so I pray to be an encouragement and help to you tonight. Father, thank You for those who are gathered here tonight. I pray that You give them a blessing from Your Word tonight. Father, for those who are away from us tonight for whatever reason, I pray that some may be watching by live stream tonight. I, uh, Lord, I pray for that. And then, Lord, others that might be traveling or can't, Lord, I pray that you'd help them right wherever they may be. Lord, if they're sick, I pray that you'd put your hand of healing upon them. And Father, if they're traveling, please keep them safe. And Father, for those tonight in our church family who just have, just have many needs that we may not even know of, we may not have knowledge of those needs Father, you are intimately aware of them. And Father, we ask that you'd meet every single need for those in here tonight, for us tonight. I pray that you'd meet our needs with and from your word tonight. And may you help us to leave here tonight with needs met. Uh, help us to leave here tonight encouraged, challenged. Help us leave here tonight uh, being stronger in your word and from your word and in your spirit than when we walked in these doors. Father, I do pray if there would be one here tonight 
or, or maybe even a handful. Father, I do not know, but Father, if there be one here tonight who has never come to the saving knowledge of Christ, Father, they, they've never called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. They've never had their sins plunged beneath the blood of Christ. Father, I pray that tonight might be that night. May today, November the 5th, 2023, be their spiritual birthday. And so, Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would have freedom to move in our midst. And, but, Father, we trust you tonight. We know your word is true. We know your way is perfect. And because of that, we can pray all of this tonight with trustful hearts, knowing that you can and will answer. Father, knowing that if we'll submit to your word, your word is trustworthy. It's right. It's perfect. And so, Father, we pray all of this understanding that we can trust you tonight, and that's exactly what we do. Teach us and grow us in these next few moments, and we'll thank you and praise you for it. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. The first action that we should render to the Lord for all of His benefits is simply this. And I'll, I'll give you three tonight. I'll give you all of them right from the start, and then we'll, we'll develop and work through them a little bit. Number one, a bold herald, H-E-R-A-L-D. Number one, a bold herald. Number two, a bowed heart, a bowed heart, or excuse me, a bowed head. And then thirdly, a broken heart. Number one, a bold herald. Number two, a bowed head. And number three, a broken heart. Okay, so let's walk through the psalm and look at these tonight. Number one, a bold herald. A thankful man ought to be a thankful man, which should result, which should be manifested, first of all, by a bold herald. What, what does the word herald mean? Okay, to make known. Anything else? I, guess, I mean, that's good. Make known, right? Notice what he says here in verse number 1. He says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with what? Thanksgiving. And make a joyful what? Noise unto Him with psalms. And so first of all, uh, a thankful man, somebody who thinks about what God has done for them, thinking about what should I render to the Lord for all of His benefits, is going to be a thankful man, and that will be manifested by a bold herald. Now the Bible gives us a few things here that we ought to speak about, that we ought to be bold about. First of all, we should boldly herald His salvation. We should boldly herald His salvation. The Bible says there in verse 1, listen, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, you ought to boldly herald His salvation. You ought to be giving folks tracks. You ought to be trying to turn conversations at work to the, to, to the topic, to the subject of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done for us and His finished work and His shed blood upon the cross of Calvary. Because the Bible says here in verse 1, He says, look, let us come together. Let us come together. Let us sing Unto the Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. So we should boldly herald His salvation. Now primarily in verse number 1, He's speaking about singing. Okay, we, we've mentioned this before and I always get in a little bit of trouble when I mention this. But the, the, the Bible doesn't give an out here if you don't think you have a good voice when it comes to the matter of singing. No, it just tells us all to come and let us sing unto who? Unto the Lord. 
Let us sing unto the Lord. And by the way, he says, with a joyful noise. Sometimes it sounds joyful and sometimes it sounds like a noise, right? How many of you, and be honest, it's okay because I'll raise my hand with you. How many of you think your singing sounds just like noise? Okay, that's okay. We, we ought to have a heart that desires to sing of the one who has saved us, right? He says in verse number 1, the rock, it's, it's immovable, it's fixed. He is the rock of our salvation. My salvation is not going to change tomorrow. How I get saved and how I get to heaven is not going to change tomorrow. How I have my sins forgiven and how I am able to live an abundant Christian life and to live in peace is not going to change tomorrow. If you hear someone who says, I, I, I have received some new revelation or some new doctrine, you ought to be careful about that. Now, there are times when we study through the Bible and, and we see something that maybe we never saw before, but it's not a new revelation. It's always been there. We just maybe never noticed it and maybe never understood it the way that we should have. There's no new revelation. God has given us His completed canon, completed Scripture. And so when, when someone says they have some new revelation and some new doctrine, be very, very careful about that. And especially when it comes to the matter of salvation, because God's salvation doesn't change. The Bible says in John 14, 6, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man comes to the Father except through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so first of all, my thankfulness because of my thankfulness should be manifested with a bold herald and we should boldly herald His salvation. Just real quickly, look over maybe just one page or two to Psalm 107. Would you look at Psalm 107? Psalm 107, the first two verses. The Bible says, I'll give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. Well, that's easy to understand, isn't it? He's good, isn't He? By the way, whether my circumstances are good or not, He's still good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. We many times, when something good, or humanly speaking, we perceive that something good happened, we say, boy, God's good, isn't He? Well, He's good if the, the circumstance wasn't what we wanted it to be. He's still good. The Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Notice verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord, those who have been bought out of the slave market of sin, who have been redeemed, they have been purchased, they have been bought by the blood of Christ, let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Say so. If you've been saved, let somebody know about that. If you've been saved, you ought to let your spouse know about that. You ought not be married and never tell your spouse how you got saved. And if you never have, you ought to do that. You ought to do that. Some of you are looking at me funny. If your spouse doesn't know how you got saved, you ought to go tell them tonight. And if you don't know how your spouse got saved, you ought to ask them tonight. Hey, when did you get saved? We know how they got saved. They got saved by the blood of Christ. But hey, when did you get saved? What, what were the circumstances? Was that a church service? Was, that, was it at a revival service? Was it at home? 
Maybe during family altar with your family. When did you get saved? The Bible says here, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now I mentioned it this morning. I don't, I don't want to rehash it, but we, 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 are, we, are, we speak easily about certain things, don't we? We speak easily about sports. We speak easily about the weather. We speak easily many times about politics, unless you just don't like politics and you just walk away from the conversation, right? Okay, we speak easily about those things because we have an opinion, right? Well, here's the wonderful thing tonight. We have, we have something much greater than, opinion, than an opinion. We have the truth. And so we ought to speak it. We should boldly herald His salvation. Secondly, we should boldly herald His strength. Look what he says there in Psalm 95. If you're not back there, let's look back at Psalm 95. We should boldly herald His strength. Verse 3 says, For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. We should boldly herald His strength. Drop back with me. Let's let's look at just a few, real quickly, a few verses. Go back to Psalm 28. Psalm 28, if you would with me. Spiritual strength, physical strength, financial strength, emotional strength. Do you know that He gives all and He is all? Now, first and foremost, spiritual strength, yes. We've already spoken about salvation, but do you know there are times... When, when maybe you wake up in the morning or maybe even on a Sunday morning or during the week and you're not feeling the greatest and you ask God, by the way, what, what is our strength anyway? What is our strength as Christians? Okay, Jesus. What else? The joy of the Lord, the Bible says, is our strength. Okay, so there, there may be days when you get up, boy, I'm just not just feeling as, as strong as I, I normally do and boy, I just don't feel great today. You know, we can pray about that. And you know, God can give us strength. God can give us the wherewithal to make it through a day that we never thought we could make it through that day. You know, God can give us the strength to get up and go do something that we thought we could not do, but through His strength we can do it. Psalm 28 and verse number 7. The Bible says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. The Lord is my strength and my shield. The Lord is my strength when I'm going through a difficulty or, or maybe when I'm going through some opposition or some confrontation. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him and I am helped. And I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth and with my song will I praise Him. Listen, listen tonight, if you have truth on your side, that's the strength that you need. I mentioned, it's been several weeks ago, probably several months ago, I, I mentioned that, that I don't like confrontation, I, and I don't naturally like confrontation. But an individual said something to me afterward. Boy, it, just, it helped me. It was good. He said, you know what? He said, confrontation is necessary if we need to get to truth or if we need to get to a desired point. And I thought, you know what? That's true. We don't always like confrontation, but confrontation is necessary sometimes. And when we go through that confrontation, what what is it that gets us through that confrontation? It's the strength of God's truth. Okay, if if, if I'm staying with God's truth, I can have confrontation and get through it because it's His strength that takes me through it. Because naturally, in my flesh and as a human being, it's just, ah, you know, I I don't like confrontation. I just don't like all of that. 
Okay, but sometimes it's necessary if we're going to get to the truth. And if truth is going to win, and if truth is going to win the day, then there has to be confrontation sometimes. And how do we get through that? God's strength. He says here, the Lord is my strength and my shield. It's the truth of God's Word that shields us even during times like that. My heart trusted in Him and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth. And with my song, here's the bold herald again. And with my song I will praise Him. Look a little bit further, Psalm 46. You know this psalm. Psalm 46, to the chief musician for the sons of Korah, a song upon Alamoth. Many believe that word Alamoth speaks of, of soprano. Notice what he says in verse number 1. God is our refuge and what? Strength. A very present help in trouble. Whether that's spiritual trouble, whether that's physical trouble, financial. I know we would say most of the time we're speaking of, of spiritual trouble. But how many times was David in physical trouble? And he's crying out to the Lord for help. God is our refuge, the, the sanctuary where we run into, and strength, a very present help in trouble. I mentioned Wednesday night, I mentioned Adoniram Judson. He went to Burma to be a missionary. And there in Burma, he's, he's beaten, and, and he's beaten, and he's beaten, and he's hanging in the prison by his thumbs. And by the way, he's beaten because simply he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who need to hear it. And he's hanging in that jail cell, hanging by his thumbs, and his dear sweet wife comes and tells him, she said, Adoniram, the mission board has sent a letter, and they said they haven't heard from us in a while, and they need us to send them a letter back and let them know how everything's going. And she said, Adoniram, what should I tell them? How are things going? And he said, you write back, and you tell them that the future is as bright as the promises of God. That's strength. The future is as bright as the promises of God. By the way, I was listening to a message this week of an evangelist that many of you would know. He said he was preaching at a, a singles conference, a single revival down in lower Alabama several years ago and he said there, was, there were some college students that came up to be a part of that uh, revival conference service and they were from Florida. And, and uh, he said, you know, they came up and he said, you could just tell there was something different about them. And he said, you know, some of the groups in the different churches, they were, you know, eh, they were there, but they weren't really engaged. He said, this group, well, they were engaged. And he said he got to talking to them in between some of the services and they were telling him, look, we're, we're, we're from Florida, we're from this, this uh, college, we, we have this prayer group, this Bible club on this campus there at our college and we heard about this conference and we wanted to come. And he asked me, he said, boy, y'all are just so engaged and y'all are, you know, just tell me some of your story. And he said, one of the individuals, one of the young adults there in the, in the group, they said, well, have you ever heard of Adoniram Judson? He was like, yeah. And they said, well, we're here because of him. He said, well, hang on a minute. Adoniram Judson, he passed away a long time ago. So you got to tell me the story. And he said, well, one of the Burmese converts that Adoniram Judson led to the Lord, uh, his son came to the States to go to college. 
and his son thought when he came to America and he stepped on any college that everybody on that campus was going to know the Lord. America was where Christianity was. And he said he stepped on that campus and, and he found out hardly anybody there knew about Christ. And so this young man from Burma who had been his father had been led to the Lord by Adoniram Judson and then he had been led to the Lord by his father. He started a, a, a Bible club, a prayer club on this campus. And he said, we're all direct, a direct result of that young man who started that club on this campus. He said, we all came to the Lord through that. The future is as bright as the promises of God. And so a man who went to Burma to preach the gospel, a Baptist missionary went there and preached the gospel. Many, many years later, one of the sons of his converts, by the way, one of his converts indirectly came back to the States and really was a missionary to the States. We should boldly herald his strength. He gives us the strength to do things when we don't feel like doing them, when we don't feel like we have the, the physical or the spiritual or the mental or emotional strength. We should boldly herald His salvation. Let me give you just, just one more if I could. Psalm 61, Psalm 61 and verse number 2. Psalm 61, to the chief musician upon Negana, a psalm of David. He says, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Who is that rock and what is that rock? It's the rock of our salvation. It's the rock of our strength. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. We should boldly herald His salvation. We should boldly herald... His strength. And then back in Psalm 95, let me give you a third one. We should boldly herald His sovereignty. We should boldly herald His sovereignty. Now let me say this tonight. I'm not a Calvinist, and I hope you're not a Calvinist tonight, but a Calvinist, Calvinism doesn't do away with the sovereignty of God. Amen. I can still believe in the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. They work in tandem. We should be okay with that. The Bible says, look what the Bible says in Psalm 95. The Bible says in verse number 3, For the Lord is a, excuse me, a great God and a great King above all gods. And we'll come back to this in just a moment. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His and He made it and His hands formed the dry land. He is Creator and He is King. He is Creator and He is King. Now by the way, He has always been King. He always will be King. I know the Lord Jesus Christ will be crowned King when He reigns in His millennial reign there in Jerusalem for a thousand years. But listen, we don't have to wait till then. He's already King. He's already King. I understand we live in the church age. We don't live in the kingdom age. We're not in the millennium yet. We're in the church age, but He's still King. And He will forever be King. He will always be king. And there will be a day, a day when the nations declare Him and see Him as king. 
There will be a day when that happens. But right now, we as Christians should boldly herald His sovereignty as King and as Creator. The Bible only mentions just a a, a little snippet here in verses 3 through 5 about His creation. But the Bible says, In His hand are the deep places of the earth. Verse 5 or verse 4, The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His. And He made it and His hands formed the dry land. Listen, He made it all. He is the, the Creator. By the way, He made us. So so the creation should be subject to the Creator, right? So number one tonight, a thankful man is a thankful man, and that thankfulness is manifested, number one, by a bold herald. But number two tonight, it is manifested by a bowed head. Look at verses 6 and 7. By a bowed head. We mentioned this this morning regarding Psalm 103 and Bless the Lord, O my soul. And let all that is within me bless His holy name. And the idea of a knight bowing the knee before a king and the king blessing him or knighting him. God doesn't bow before us to get our blessings. We bless Him when we bow before Him. Bless the Lord, O my soul. How do I do that? I do that by bowing before Him. What do we say in Psalm 103? Because of his intellect, David cataloged God's character. Because of his will that was submitted to God, intellect, will, and emotion are in the seat of the soul. The soul is the seat of all three of those. And in his will, he knelt before the king. And in his emotion, he bestowed the blessings upon his God. That God doesn't need us to bestow our blessings, but he wants us to praise him. That's exactly what David did in Psalm 103. He praised him. And so a thankful man is a thankful man, and that thankfulness is manifested by a bowed head. He says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. And we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand today. If you will hear his voice, and he continues in that thought in verse number eight. But just real quickly, and we'll move on to number three. As we speak about a bowed head, a bowed head, first of all, acknowledges the presence of God. It acknowledges the presence of God. A bowed head acknowledges the presence of God. Moses could stand before Pharaoh because he had first bowed before God. Joshua could stand before the enemy because he had first bowed before God. A bowed head acknowledges the presence of God. Secondly, a bowed head acknowledges reverence for God. And we've mentioned these three before, but a bowed head acknowledges reverence for God. And then thirdly, a bowed head acknowledges obedience to God. He says in verse number 7, Today, if you will hear His voice, Verse number 7, he says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Reverence, obedience, presence. A bowed head acknowledges his presence. A bowed head acknowledges reverence for God. A bowed head acknowledges obedience to God, to the shepherd. If ye will hear, excuse me, he says, Today, if ye will hear his voice. And then he continues. He says, If you won't be like your father's, But if you will be obedient, if you'll hear my voice today, if you will not harden your heart, it's manifested by a bowed head. 
A bowed head acknowledges the presence of God, the reverence for God, and obedience to God. But we don't like to talk about that today. It's almost as if God is co-equal with us. And He's just our buddy. And He goes partying with us and He sits next to us while we watch our R-rated movies and He does all of these things with us because He's just our buddy. No, no, no. He's God. Would you look there again at verses 6 and 7? He says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Still speaking about Him being the Creator from verses 3, 4, and 5. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Verse 7, For He is... He is our God. He is our God and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. It's manifested by a bowed head. It's manifested by a bold herald. And then thirdly tonight, it's manifested by a broken heart. And by the way, what I mean by that and what the passage bears out in verses 8 through 11 is just a heart that is yielded to God, the soil that is broken up. Remember in the book of Hosea, the Bible speaks about that, that, um, that fallow ground. It has to be broken up. Notice what he says. It's really a continuation for verse number 7. He says, today if you will hear his voice, he says, harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. Keep a broken heart at all times. Keep a soft heart at all times. Break up that fallow ground all the time. Don't let it become hard. Don't let it lie there. Keep the, keep the cultivator of God's Word constantly cultivating the soil so that it doesn't lay fallow, so that it doesn't become hard. By the way, hard ground does not receive what very well? doesn't receive the seed, it doesn't receive water, it doesn't receive anything very well, but it doesn't receive the seed very well. It doesn't see, receive the seed of God's Word, it doesn't receive the water of God's Word very well, and it constantly has to be broken up. And he says, today if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation. He said, as your fathers hardened their hearts in the wilderness... And as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work, when they came to the very border of the promised land, when they came to Kadesh Barnea and the twelve spies were sent out, and they came back and, oh my goodness, everything is great. Look at these grapes. But nevertheless, the Bible says in Numbers 13, They said, nevertheless, and there are giants in the land. The cities are walled and fortified. He said, no, 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 don't don't be like your fathers. He says, you come before me, sing before me, bring a joyful noise to the rock of your salvation. Come before His presence with thanksgiving. A bowed head acknowledges His presence. It acknowledges His reverence, verse number 3. For the Lord is a great God. And by the way, not just a great God, but it says a great King above all gods. He is the God. He's the only God that deserves worship. He is the King above all gods. He says, don't be like your fathers. 
Don't harden your hearts as in the day of provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and they saw me work. They saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart. Why? Because their heart was hard. They do err in their heart. What was the error? What was the error of their hearts? Say it again. Okay, pride? Absolutely. What else? Huh? Disobedience? Absolutely. What else? A lack of faith. Pride? Disobedience? Lack of faith. By the way, we've said it many, many times. The generation, Joshua's generation, or the generation that Joshua led into the promised land, and the generation that Moses was leading who would not go into the promised land. Same promises. There's no different. Well, Joshua and the generation he led into the promised land, it was different for them. No, it wasn't. Same promise. Same land. Same problems. There were still giants in the land. Hey, but still the, the great fruit was still there too. The grapes were still there. The milk and the honey was still there. What was the difference? Lack of faith? Faith. Lack of faith, disobedience, pride, faith, obedience, humility. There's the difference. Lack of faith? Faith. What was the error of their heart? It says they do, excuse me, it is a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways. And what did he tell them? In Numbers 14, he said, you're not going in. All those 20 years and older, 20 years and up, you're not going in. Matter of fact, you're going to wander 40 years, one year for every day that you went and spied out the land. They went for 40 days. One year for every day that they went and spied out the land. 40 years they wandered. You ever just stopped and thought about that? Let me ask you tonight. How many of you just love... Now, the Bible tells us we ought to want to go here. But how many of you love funerals? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7.2, it says the house of mourning is better than the house of feast. It's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. He says because that is the end of all men and the living lay it to their heart or lay it to his heart. We don't think that way, do we? Man, I'm going to tell you what, two and a half weeks on Thanksgiving in two and a half weeks, that's going to be good. Amen! I like Thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but I do. But the Bible says it's better to go to the house of mourning. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Mourn, weep, sorrow than to go to the house of feasting. Why? Because we think about what's going on. When we go to the house of feasting, we don't think about eternity. We don't think about how short life... We don't think about how short life is. Pastor, how do you know that? Because of the way we eat. We're not thinking at all about how short life is. Or maybe we are. Maybe that's why we eat that way. Life is short. Let's eat today. But we're not thinking about eternity. 
We're not thinking about the fact that all of that apple pie and all that pumpkin pie and all that gravy that we just ate and all those mashed potatoes and all that macaroni and cheese and, and all of that rich food that we just ate is probably clogging every single one of our arteries. We don't think about that, do we? But when you go to the funeral home, what do you think about? Life is brief. Because you don't like to go to a funeral home. And can you imagine 40 years of nonstop funerals? Because that's what they had. That's why they wandered for 40 years until everybody was dead. It was nonstop funeral. <laughs> can you imagine the priest preaching all those funerals? I don't know if that's how they did it. I don't know. Maybe they just dug the grave and left them. I don't know. Like they do on the westerns, right? They kill them, they dig the grave and leave them. Put a little cross on it. I don't know. I don't know how they did it. But 40 years, they're just wandering in the wilderness. Why? Because of the error of their heart. A thankful man is a thankful man, and that thankfulness is going to be manifested in a bold herald. Sing unto the Lord. Sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going I'm to preach that until the Lord moves me away from this place, and some of y'all will never sing, and I know that. But you ought to. You ought to. If you're saved and you know it, then you ought to sing. You ought to sing in your car. Put that CD in or you put the jump drive in or you just sync your phone up with the car, however you do it. Or if you put your 8-track in, ka-chunk, ka-chunk, you know, however you do it. Boy, you ought to sing to the Lord. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. The Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. And make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. How is it manifested? What should we render to the Lord for all of His benefits toward us? A bold herald, a bowed head, presence, reverence, and obedience, and a broken heart. Soft ground is ready to receive the seed. Why do I constantly need a broken heart? But, and when I say that, I'm not talking about we should constantly be sorrowful. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. Oh, well, she broke my heart. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. That's so silly, isn't it? No, no, no. Ground that is constantly broken up, that is soft, and that is ready to receive the seed. Whether it's on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night or whether it's tomorrow morning or tomorrow night in your private time or Tuesday morning or Tuesday night whenever you have your private time or, or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday, whenever you are with the Lord, your heart is ready to receive the seed of God's Word. He said, don't be like your fathers. Today, 
if you will hear His voice. Hey, keep a broken heart. Keep a heart that is soft and that's ready, that's pliable, that's ready to receive the truths of God's Word. That's one of the ways I manifest my thankfulness. Because I, I submit to us tonight, if my heart is hard and I don't ever receive the Word like I should, and I come and I go and I come and I go and I come and I go from church and I hear message after message after message and it never does anything to me and it never changes me or convicts me. Listen, there's a problem. And it may simply be that your ground is hard. And tonight maybe you need to break some of it up. Maybe tonight you would manifest your thankfulness by allowing God Almighty to break up the fallow ground so that He can sow, as Hosea 10 says, He can sow in righteousness. And that soft ground, not only does it receive the seed, but boy, it, it, is, it is a wonderful place where things are going to get produced. If the seed is ready to be received and it's received and that seed is planted and it's plowed and it's cultivated and it's watered, what eventually is going to happen? There's going to be some produce, right? There's going to be some growth. A bold herald, whether it's in singing or whether it's tomorrow just going out and Hey, let me tell you what I heard at church yesterday. Because here's the truth. What you hear here in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, it shouldn't stay here. A bold herald, a bowed head. God, you're my king. We kneel in his presence with reverence and obedience. Lord, you're the, you're, you're the king of all gods. And then we keep a broken heart. That's three of the things that we can render to the one who deserves it all. By the way, because of everything he's given to us. It's not that I just give and give back to him. He, I do that because he's given everything to me. A thankful man is a thankful man. What can I render? I hope we'll render these tonight. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for the truth of it. And Father, I pray if... Your Holy Spirit has worked in hearts tonight. Might be a believer here tonight who would say, whew, I could really be better when it comes to being a bold herald. Might be a believer tonight who would say, boy, my, my head needs to be bowed more in reverence, in your presence, because I need to be obedient to you. Might be a believer here tonight who would say, you know, my heart's a little hard. The ground needs to be broken up. But I, I, want, my, I want my heart to be soft all the time. I want the, the, the soil of my heart to be ready to receive the seed of God's Word constantly. To be watered by God's Word constantly. To be cultivated and weeded and hoed constantly. Because I want to produce, I want to grow for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, help us tonight. If there would be one here tonight who needs to come and just say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm saved tonight. If death were to take me tonight, I'm not sure about that salvation. I'm not sure about the rock of my salvation. I'm not sure that I'm saved tonight. I don't know if I've ever called upon Jesus Christ to save me. Might be someone who needs to come tonight and call upon the name of the Lord for salvation. Father, Whatever needs are here, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work and I pray that we would move as necessary. And we pray this in Christ's name.
Amen. If you can, if you're physically able, if you'll stand with me tonight. Miss Pam's at the piano. She's going to begin to play. If you need to come, you can come. The platform's open. These front pews are pretty much open tonight if you want to come and pray. A thankful man is a thankful man. And thankfulness is manifested, can be manifested. This is not all inclusive by any, any means. But it is demonstrated, it is exhibited by a bold herald. Come, let us sing unto the Lord, let us worship, let us make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It's manifested by a bowed head. He's our king. Subjects bow before the king. It's manifested by a broken heart. Hey, don't be like your fathers who had a hard heart, who erred in their heart. No, no, no. Today, if you will receive His Word. Today, if your heart is ready, if it's soft to receive the Word, maybe tonight some fallow ground needs to be broken up. You say, Lord, forgive me of my hard heart. Father, I want, my, I want the soul of my heart to be soft. The fallow ground to be broken up. I want to constantly be ready to receive the seed of God's Word so that I can produce, so that I can grow. What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? Only trust Him, the song says. Miss Pam's going to play one more verse if you need to come tonight. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ, you need to come. Just say, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't know Christ. I, I'm not saved. I've never called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. I, I've never seen myself for the sinner that I truly am, and I know that I need a Savior tonight. Believer, how about it? Are you a thankful man? Are you a thankful lady? Are you a thankful teenager? Amen. Thank you so much for your attention and your attendance today. It is truly been good to be in the Lord's house today. And we're going to pray and be dismissed. I'm going to ask Brother Ted Thatcher to dismiss us tonight. And look forward to seeing you Wednesday night at 6.30 in Master Club, 7 o'clock, right here for prayer time and for preaching for the rest of us. And look forward to seeing you then. Brother Ted, you praise for us and close us tonight, please, sir.